Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to another edition of What the Fantasy Podcast. Week number nine is in the books, getting you ready for week number 10. I don't know if you know this, but we do this podcast via Zoom, and right now I can only see myself. Kyle's <laughs> computer does not have a camera, and Tom Gazlowski, a.k.a. Rex's dad, is taking care of baby Rex. There's baby Rex. I'm the only one hey. see him now. Um, but again, Tom Gozlowski, 104.5 team. Give him a follow at T-O-M-G-O-Z-Z. Kyle Ray, follow him on Twitter at RayRay81345. Follow the podcast at what the underscore fantasy. Guys, does Baby Rex have a Twitter handle yet? Uh, not yet. He's just working on um, eating still and sleeping, so he doesn't have a lot of time for that. You know what? That's <laughs> smart. That's smart. He needs to stay away from social media, focus on his football career, just like Arch Manning. You know, the future right. star of the NFL in Louisiana. Uh, and he's not on social media either. So I like that, Rex. There's nothing but hatred on social media. Um, week, again, week nine, it's over. What is – Goss, we'll start with you. What was your biggest takeaway from week nine? My biggest takeaway is how do we evaluate quarterbacks to get rushing touchdowns? My mind is slowly starting to reevaluate what good and what bad quarterback fantasy play is. Because let's take Cam Newton from last night, right? Cam Newton going into the game, passing, touchdowns, interceptions. Ray was horrible. I believe it was two to seven. But he gets in the end zone again, and his rushing yards are good again. Kyler Murray, some would say passing-wise, hasn't been as good as rushing-wise. The reason Kyler Murray's been such a standout in fantasy this year is he keeps getting into the end zone all those rushing touchdowns. And Kyle knows this from Josh Allen. He's getting in the end zone, too, with rushing touchdowns. So, you know, in the past, we'd evaluate, wow, it'd be great to have a rushing quarterback get you those six instead of fours. But we're getting quarterbacks across the board where their numbers are pushing decent running back numbers this year. That's what I'm taking away. How we evaluate quarterbacks now is maybe more so ever than before, focused on those rushing touchdowns and yardage, getting those consistent points week in and week out. I think it's a great point because we can even look at last year, obviously, with Lamar Jackson, the MVP of the league with what he's able to do with his legs. This might be the most mobile quarterbacks we've ever seen in the history of football, true or false. Like, there's always been a couple guys. For the longest time, it was Michael Vick. Uh, and then you have guys that, like, maybe early in their career. I think Josh Allen will fall in this category where early in their career – they're going to use their legs, but then, you know, eventually Josh Allen's going to become similar to maybe Big Ben, you know, where he's just going to be a really tough guy to tackle, can make plays out of nothing. But at this point, I mean, there are, what, six, six guys that we're watching on a consistent basis. Even prior to the injury, Dak Prescott was scoring some rushing touchdowns at an unbelievable level. And that uh, – Cam Newton's the perfect example. You take away his two goal line touchdowns rushing, he had a horrible fantasy day. Because once again, he goes with no passing touchdowns. Did okay through the air. I think he was in the 200-yard range. But for fantasy, that's nothing. But when you have 12 points just coming from two rushing touchdowns, that goes from a horrible week 
to now you're in the top 10 discussion. So yeah, I think it's a, it's a fantastic point. Kyle, what about you? What's your, uh, what's your biggest takeaway from week nine? The insane, the, the, the huge drop off that there is between the top running backs right now and next, you have a select few of running backs, Christian McCaffrey, um, Dalvin cook, Aaron Jones, when he's healthy after that, the faith and the, um, the trust that I have in running backs on getting me a boom week drops off the face of a cliff. Uh, you saw this week with good matchups across the board with a lot of areas and, and running backs don't didn't do it. Um, I know that in one of my leagues, I have three starting running backs starting this week. And of those three running backs, James Conner got me three points. Melvin Gordon got me three points. Ezekiel Elliott got me 7.9 points. All running backs who had very good matchups. Uh, James Conner, three points against Dallas. Melvin Gordon, three points against Atlanta. Zeke, 7.9 points against a good Pittsburgh defense. But they were exposed in a lot of different categories. And then you had the Pollard effect. Pollard effect. The, the drop-off this year that we've seen is is tremendous, and with how crazy that we talked about that the top of the draft needed to be running backs, if you didn't get one of those few select guys, you are questioning your running backs week in, week out to see if they will be able to support you um, from that from your starting running back spots. Yeah, I felt that pain, Kyle, because I also roster James Conner. I thought that was a slam dunk, and you don't really have other options. You know, like, like you said, there's a, a solid top five group, and then after that, you're just kind of hoping and praying that these mm-hmm. guys can get done. But going off that point, Kyle, uh, I think at this point, I don't like to be too recency biased, but I think Dalvin Cook has to be the fantasy MVP to this point. Kyler Murray is in that discussion as well. But because of the inconsistencies at running back this year, Dalvin Cook has been the most consistent, and it's not even close. Currently RB1, averaging nearly 28 points per game, and he missed the game. Reminder there, he's RB1 and he missed a game, already had a bye week as well. He has scored a touchdown in every single game, four games with multiple touchdowns. And then this past, I mean, the last two weeks have been absolutely unbelievable. I think he's, he's close to 75, 80 combined points in his last two weeks. I mean, the rest of your team can be garbage and you might get a win just because you have Dalvin Cook. My question to you guys. Yes. At this point, should he be the first running back drafted next year? 100%. Totally agree. And why not the first player drafted? That's what I mean. First player drafted. I still think, I still think CMC is there. I know we are dealing with the injury, but you could say the same thing. I mean, injuries are still a concern with Dalvin Cook. He missed the game this year. His rookie year was filled with injuries. He's had some soft tissue injuries that always concern me in his career. Um, so I know CMC's been banged up. He's banged up again. But just, let's just look at what CMC did in his first game back. 30 fantasy points right away. That's what you get with CMC because what they both have in common, I mean, their workload's awesome, right? You never, you never wonder when you're watching a Vikings game or a Panthers game if one of those running backs is healthy. If you're at the goal line, those guys are getting the, the carry. Similar to Derrick Henry as well, which is why Derrick Henry, who's had a roller coaster of a season in terms of fantasy, at least you know. Like, if you get in the goal line, those guys are getting the ball maybe three times in a row. That's what makes, to me, Dalvin Cook and and CMC so unbelievably valuable in fantasy is they get all the touches. Oh, bye, baby God, or baby Rex. 
I guess Baby Goss is off the boards. No, that's yeah. good. He just he just puked all over himself thinking about how bad the running backs were. He had to get handed off. The <laughs> At least he puked on himself and not you, right? Well done. No, he didn't. He didn't get me. He nice. thought about how bad the top of that order is going to be in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I think Dalvin Cook's top two. If uh, I think CMC will also be right there because he also gets just an unbelievable amount of targets in Carolina. So when he's healthy, I think he's also up there top two. Um, Kyle, or, uh, Kyle, I'm a little bit surprised that your your biggest takeaway from Week Nine wasn't uh, Kyler Murray being being a good quarterback. Yeah, just yeah. Let's move on. Are we are we still not a believer? Are we still not a believer in Kyler? I don't want to. I I hate eating my words. I I don't know. I are you at least leaning know. in the other direction? Yes, and okay. like we talked about at your house on Saturday night, I really didn't realize I've from the handful of games that I really watched Kyler Murray. That's where a lot of my biases come from. But when what you look that, at how what was that game he was trashing, where he had like nine completions. Uh, was that Dallas? Was that Dallas? Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. He did have one game where he looked like absolute doo doo, and, and still threw up like thirty points. Right, <laughs> and that's and so from a fantasy perspective, he's obviously yes. a star. And if you got him, you're likely have you likely have a winning record. You might be leading your league if you have Kyler Murray. Um, he's listed as QB two, which. Like, when I saw that at first, I was like, who the hell is doing better than Kyler Murray? It's because Kyler's already had a bye week. So, Patrick Mahomes technically has more points, even though Mahomes now Mahomes is on a bye week. But Kyler, in terms of points per game, he's number one, 29.2 points per game. His worst game this year in fantasy, 21 points. That's Sign me up for that because I know a lot of us, in fantasy, have dealt with some absolute duds this week, and we're going to talk about that in a second. Kyler's been fantastic. I just want to go through some of his stats for you guys. Uh, he's improved his completion percentage by four points. This is year number two, for anybody who's wondering. Year number two for Kyler. On pace for 4,200 passing yards and 32 passing touchdowns. The 32 passing touchdowns would be 12 more than his rookie year. This is what was most impressive to me for his stats. For rushing yards. Because you would think, rookie, I remember him running a lot as a rookie. He's already one yard behind his season total in rushing yards from last year in half the amount of games. Crazy. How crazy is that? He's already doubled his rushing touchdowns from last year. Again, eight games in, he played a full 16 games last year. And that goes to my point I brought up earlier that, like, Murray, and to Kyle's point, I kind of want a little bit more perspective. I don't know if Kyle – wasn't a Murray fan because of fantasy or just in general and he's drafted out of Oklahoma because I was not a fan of him being the number one pick because you, you, me, Chad, everybody, like when we've grown up, there's been certain stuff we've known in sports that these are the rules you follow when you're drafting a player. Murray was good for one season under a coach who's Lincoln Riley who's produced talent. He wasn't good enough to play at Texas A&M. He was a first-round pick in baseball. There were so he's five foot eight. Don't tell me he's five ten. That guy's five eight, and there's no doubt he's five foot eight. So he has all these knocks against him. But they said, well, a college coach who's below five hundred in his career is not going to run the Cardinals, and he's going to draft a one. Like nothing made sense in historical perspective in comparison to Murray. But that's the answer right there. Chet just said it is about the rushing touchdowns. Now, if we broke it down about real football, can the Cardinals continue to win like that? They're winning now. Like, he is so different. He's not like Vic. 
He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Josh Allen. He's Cam Newton. He is by himself and how he's getting this done for the Cardinals and what his fantasy football season is like. It is almost hard to compare that to anything we've seen before. I, uh, I always get frustrated with this in sports, how much it's, it's more of a societal issue, I guess. How much we enjoy to critique and, and, you know, oh, what a horrible, how bad are the Cleveland Browns? And when they're down, we just love to kick them and just, just laugh about their misery, right? Mm-hmm. But then when those things turn around, we're just like, man, we don't have to talk about that. Again, Cleveland's a good example. But, but I think the Arizona situation is another good one. Because how quick was everyone to jump on Arizona for drafting quarterbacks in back-to-back years, you know, getting rid of Josh Rosen. Oh, my God, what are they doing now drafting Kyler Murray? Goss brought it up. What are they doing hiring Cliff Kingsbury who couldn't even win in college? What a horrible decision. This is going to be a dumpster fire. Now they're in a playoff mix and everyone's just like, meh, we don't have to talk about it. (laughs) Can we give some credit to Cliff Kingsbury? Like – that was a dysfunctional offense two years ago. Like, and I'm not blaming it all on Josh Rosen. They couldn't protect Josh Rosen. Rosen, I'm getting slur here. Um, but now that they, they've turned it around, can we get it some love? I just hate that about sports is now we're just not going to talk about it. And people do talk about Kyler, don't get me wrong. But can we eat our words? Can we eat our words a little bit? Cliff Kingsbury looks like a great hire right now. Right, and to push that further – I think we get a lot more stubborn, whether it's because of social media that people have the take out there, and now they can do everything they can to prove their take right. I brought it up to you guys two or three weeks ago on the podcast about him being the fantasy football MVP. He has to be in the discussion. And I was going to do this for Money Mirages, but the segue sitting there, so I'm going to do it. If I had to personally rank my MVPs right now in the NFL, I would go Patrick Mahomes, one. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Josh Allen, two. Okay. Kyler Murray, three. And Russell Wilson, four. And why Wilson's all the way down for four for me is this. When he played Josh Allen, Kyle loves it because his Bills won. Josh Allen outplayed Russell Wilson in the one-to-one matchup, and the Bills won. When the Cardinals played the Seahawks, the Cardinals won, and Kyler Murray outplayed Russell Wilson. So it's hard for me to continue to be Russell Wilson pro when those two guys who are now ahead of him, their teams are good, they outplayed him in the head-to-head matchups, that's how I would personally rank it, but I think a lot of people don't want to give Murray that type of credit or even Josh Allen. Guys, did Josh Allen outplay Russell or did the Bills' defense outplay Russell? Uh, Josh, of- Allen, Josh Allen outplayed Russell. They are never on the field at the same time. I mean, 400 yards passing, a couple touchdowns. Is it Russell's fault that Seattle has a horrendous defense? No, it's not. I <laughs> You know, the Bills made some great plays. I know everyone hates A.J. Klein, but he made some great plays. So I, I just – I just, I, this is not just – this is when, you know, people talk about Brady versus Manning back in the day and, like, oh, Brady's just so much better than Manning head-to-head. No, I think the Patriots' defense was superior always to the Colts' defense. So that's what's like – it gets a little bit risky when it's – I understand, like, if, if the shootout, you know, Russell has to answer Josh when Josh scores. I get that. But – I think you know the Bills defense played a lot better than the Seattle defense, which has been just horrible. Atrocious. Look at let's just let's just look back. I know things have changed since you know Cam Newton got COVID and the, that whole situation. I mean, it was a shootout between the Patriots and the Seahawks. That Patriots offense isn't good. That Seahawks defense made that Patriots defense fool all of us. And like, oh my gosh, Cam Newton's going to be an MVP. Um, so it's you know. 
Just throwing that out there. That, that Seahawks defense is really bad. Yep. But I, I agree. I think, I think Mahomes is one, and I like that because he kind of flew under the radar for a little while because we get so used to the big numbers and the success and all that stuff. But, I mean, he's been consistently awesome this year. So I do like him at one. Two to four, I think you, you can shuffle that around and make an argument for anybody. Why? Of the Allen, the Russell, and the Kyler. I think that's pretty solid. That is your top four. I don't really see anybody else in the mix there. So where is he, Kyle? Tell me where Josh Allen is on your list. That's what I'm waiting for. I have Josh Allen at three right now. I respect yeah. it. And right now, my, my MVP order, and I think this might shock you guys a little bit. Mahomes at one. Dalvin Cook at number two. Wow. Josh Allen, Russell Wilson. Dal- you cannot deny what Dalvin Cook has done and how, he, how valuable he is to that uh, Vikings team. And that team looks completely different with Dalvin Cook on the field. I think, I think Dalvin Cook is getting a lot of snub right now. I mean, yeah, his overall yardage, especially because of the first two games, he put up a 50 and a 63 yards there. But if you look at just over these last five games, what he's done even with missing a game, Though, though, if you saw that, you said Dalvin, and those were his first five games, you would have Dalvin Cook at probably near the top as a uh, MVP candidate. I think Dalvin Cook is not getting enough love for even some potential. Even fantasy, if that's what we want to call it, fantasy MVP, but league MVP, he's definitely got to be in the conversation, especially if he can maintain some of this. I didn't have him in my top four, but I love that take because, Chad, I think you and I years ago, on the old Upstate Sports Edge. You asked me one year about the Heisman Trophy and who I actually voted for, and I was allowed to tell you. And in the five years I voted for the Heisman, only two players who I voted for did not get invited to New York City. And I don't feel bad about those two votes I had because they were Saquon Barkley and Dalvin Cook. So I don't feel too stupid years later saying I got that one wrong because Dalvin Cook finished ninth that year in the Heisman Trophy. So he was underrated in college. He falls to the second round, which I'm still even trying to remember why which is bizarre. Tampa was supposed to trade up for him. And he's the all-time leading rusher in the history of Florida State. And people kind of hear that same, like, oh, is he? You sure? Is he? Like, he's been phenomenal his entire college career, his pro career. And Kyle's super right. Like, he is still somehow underrated. You say Dalvin Cook was a second rounder. Is that true? Yeah. I think he was the 43rd or 44th pick. And I can't even tell you why he fell into the second round. I know Tampa had planned on taking him, and Tampa pick. was going to sit and wait. I think – so he was the 41st pick. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was injury concern. Didn't he come out of college? I think he came out of college with something. But still, wow, I would have assumed he was a first-round pick. Wow. Um, no, Dalvin Cook's been nothing short of spectacular. Uh, going off of, you know, a lot of those guys on your list are quarterbacks. I want you guys – I'm going I'm to list five quarterbacks. I want you to rank them between one and 10 on your confidence playing them in fantasy. A one being, you know, take them out back, put a bullet in the back of the head, you're done. Get them (laughs) off your roster, no confidence. A 10 being you might start them on their bye week. You are that confident in their ability that they are never leaving your lineup. Let's start with Tom Brady. Tom Brady this past week put up a whopping 2.36 points against the New Orleans Saints. Maybe the worst we've ever seen Tom Brady in real football, in fantasy football. The dude looked horrible. Second single digit game in fantasy this year for Tom Brady. One to 10. How confident are you in starting Tom Brady? 
I would probably put him at like a six. Um, I think I think because you're the only time you would bench Tom Brady is based on matchup because you can't deny some of the some of the things he's done this year. Um, I believe weather was a part of that factor last night. There was some issues. Obviously, Drew Brees didn't wasn't it raining and and windy out. Um, and at the start of the game, it was a little bit rainy. I know wind was throughout. Okay. I passed. I passed out at nine o'clock. I'm not going to deny it. Oh, um, but I mean, I I still think if you're going to play a matchup with Tom Brady, you got to stop start Tom Brady. He's just got so many weapons there. And as much as I hate to say it, because I hate the guy, it's Tom Brady. I would go six point nine for Tom Brady because nice. of nice right because. Isn't there really still a good chance that Brady can be the highest scoring quarterback in some of those weeks coming up because of the weapons he has, because of the offense, because of some of the defenses in the South? I know that offense is really good. It looked it looked like they didn't want to be there. It looked like you were going to restart Madden and be like, is there something wrong with my controller? Like, there's something wrong with my TV? Uh, 6.9 still for Brady because the potential of a monster game is going to be there week in and week out. I know after that game – doesn't feel like it, but still, it's too often it's too good to deny. I'm going to go 4.9. Um, that's not just because I dislike him as a person. It's because um, I think Kyle's right. you got to play matchups. I, I don't think it's always going to be a slam dunk. Um, there are probably some tough matchups coming up. The running part again. We're talking about there's so many running uh, quarterbacks who have the ability to run, score some rushing touchdowns, even just get you some rushing yards. Tom Brady has none of that. It's going to be all through the passing game. And if he has a bad game like this, the two point, like Patrick Mahomes will never put up two points. You know what I mean? Like there are guys out there that are, their floor is so much better than that. And so, but even on the, on the waiver wire, like there might be a week where you see, I don't know, Teddy Bridgewater with a favorable matchup. And I might lean to, you know what? Teddy Bridgewater might do better than Tom Brady this week. So I think there are guys out there that you can swap in if you have to. So I'm going to go 4.9. How about Drew Brees? 1 to 10, you just put up 22.7 points. Michael Thomas is back. What do we think about Drew Brees? I would go four on Brees. I remember a couple weeks ago on the podcast, we talked about whether or not Brees was still a weekly starter. And I get Michael Thomas is back, but he's only played in two games. They're 2-0, and both against the Bucks, which is painful. But <laughs> Kamara's been so good. He's been the guy putting up points. I feel like I know Thomas and Breeze have to be connected because of their points, but Thomas is so good too. I don't feel great about that one for the Saints because even if they get a lead, let's say the Saints are winning in the third and the fourth, they still going to let Breeze chuck it. Plus, Sean Payton and Taysom Hill, when is it going to stop? Like, <laughs> Taysom Hill keeps getting in. I think the stat now is that Taysom Hill has double the fantasy football points the past six weeks, and I believe it's going to go to seven because the Jets are on a bye. Than Sam Darnold. Think about that stat. Woo. So I would go four on Breeze. Gaz is exactly where I put him, and you mentioned exactly why I put him there. Taysom Hill. Um, how many times have we seen that guy come in on the goal line over Drew Breeze? How many times have we seen Taysom Hill take a third down snap with third and three to stop a drive at the at the forty yard line? You you got to look at it very carefully, but. I would try to find other options outside of Breeze. You're going four as well, Kyle? Yes, sir. I'll go four as well. Look at that. Four, four, four. <laughs> yeah, I think everything you said is spot on. You know, he's going to – I think 22 range is like – that's almost his ceiling. You know, I don't think you're going to see a lot better 
from Breeze. He's going to be in the, the high teens, low 20s. I don't really see a lot of 30s coming up. It's possible, but, yeah, I, I think he's got a, a lower ceiling than a lot of guys out there. Uh, let's go with Cam Newton. First couple of weeks, seemed like he was going to be, you know, he might win you some leagues if you drafted him late. Um, 24.6 points against the Jets, which can we quickly talk? Did, who watched that? I know Kyle was asleep. Kyle, did you watch that game? I watched uh, up until about the fourth quarter, and then I opened my eyes, and it was 12.45, and I realized, why did I fall asleep? And I'm like, oh, it was Jets-Patriots. I get it. Like, I have an excuse. That makes okay, sense. Okay, maybe you need, to, you need to rewatch the fourth quarter, because that's all I watched was the fourth. And, like, they might be tanking. Like, I, they made it so obvious. Like, when you're doing things like putting 12 men on the field for a field goal attempt, like, so Chet, come I on. Did see, I did see that part because LeVac and I were texting me because the Jets put 12 on the field. But remember the play before that, Cam Newton's going to the end zone. He just falls down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I can't even see Adam Gase being like, damn it, Cam, we tried giving you a touchdown. All right, I, I, can, I can figure this out. Hey, Billy Bob, get out there. All <laughs> oh, 12 guys? Oh, man, my bad. And then they still couldn't score a touchdown. But then, you know, Flacco comes out, immediately gets intercepted. I was like, guys, I think I saw a stat, but the Jets ran four plays in the fourth quarter for, like, three yards. <laughs> like, come on, guys. <laughs> I, like I saw all the gifts and memes of Trevor Lawrence watching from Clemson being like, oh, my God, I might not. Oh, no, I'm just still going to the Jets. <laughs> uh, but so, again, Cam Newton, 24 points. He got saved by two rushing touchdowns. You take that away, it was only 12 points in fantasy. Has not thrown a passing touchdown since week three. Woo! What do wow. we think? Where do we think in, on, uh, on Cam Newton in fantasy football, your uh, confidence in starting in week to week? Zero. <laughs> Zero. I I want nothing to do with Cam Newton. That sure, wasn't he can, option, Kyle. <laughs> sure, he can potentially give you a rushing touchdown. Maybe he'll fall into a passing touchdown here or there. But that offense shit you hit it on the head is that bad. The only person that has shown that they can be a consistent option is Myers. Um everybody else is gone. The offensive line looks bad. Um I want nothing to do with Cam. I've dropped him. I even grabbed him, I think, the second week when, I, when we were all talking about how good Cam. I want nothing to do with him. I will not start him. Two for Cam Newton. Uh, yeah, the rushing touchdown or the passing touchdown can still get you 10, but is he going to have turnovers? Look, we can do a whole thing on Cam Newton about is the offense bad? Does he not have what? That's all fine. Like, that's all true. But I thought about this going into last night's game. Who is more likely to be in the league? in 2021 cam newton or joe flacco because flacco looked good last night but flacco is not elite anymore and someone would say well guys it's obviously cam newton cam newton was almost not in the league this year and he was better throughout his career for carolina he got hurt in carolina and then this year he hasn't been good and i like look i drafted cam newton some leagues for a backup i thought cam newton he started off the season well look he got COVID, and will we look back and say that actually affected him physically to say COVID-19 affected somebody physically is not a hot take. Like, but we just never factor that in when we talk about Cam Newton. But two. Two is the answer because maybe he'll still get you double digits because of the one passing touchdown and one rushing touchdown. We need to go back a little bit for a second here, guys. So you said Joe Flacco isn't elite anymore? No. <laughs> he was elite at one point. 
He was at elite when he lifted the Lombardi trophy over his head and signed that $100 million contract. That's For it. a month and a half, he was elite. I was right. That's that. six weeks. That was one of the best postseasons we've ever seen. True. And he did look – I mean, he looked awesome. Rashad Perriman was a thing last night. Um, I'll go 1.6 for Cam. Um, I think he is a serviceable bye week. If you have – let's say you have Patrick Mahomes this week. He's your starter every week, and you have a chance to – I don't know who the Patriots – who are the Patriots playing this week? Anybody know? No idea. You're all fired. You're fired. Um, I'm going to guess the Dolphins. Just straight up throwing it out there? It's either the Bills or the Dolphins, one of those two. They're not playing the Bills. I was going to say, Kyle would know if it was the Bills. I'm I'm on it. They have the (laughs) Ravens. Oh, God. (laughs) So, if you have Patrick Mahomes on a bye, just don't play a quarterback. Um, But, no, with with a few bye weeks left in the season, if you need Cam Newton, who who do they play? So, they play Buffalo in what would be a championship in week 16. They play the Dolphins in week 15. You don't love any of that, you know, like – I'm looking at his remaining – you don't – he plays the Rams. You don't love that. Chargers, Cardinals, Texans. Yeah. So, maybe. There might be a chance. Maybe against the Texans. I mean, they just made Jake Luton look like a freaking Hall of Famer. Uh, someone who streamed <laughs> that defense, I'm not happy about it. Um, okay, moving on from Camden. We've got two more quarterbacks left I want to get you guys' take on. We went from the, the older vets that we've been seeing for the past decade, for the other two, two decades. What about Joe Burrow? How do we feel on Joe Burrow coming off a of bye week? Uh, he's QB 15. Again, the, the bye week kind of dings him there a little bit. He drops down the guys that haven't gone on a bye. He's averaging 18.7 points in his rookie year for the Bengals. What do we, what do we feel about Joe Burrow? Are we going to get above a five for Mr. Burrow? Yeah. I would, why not as high as eight for Joe Burrow? Look, if you think Joe Burrow for these final few games, you mentioned the bye week. I always like bye weeks because it's, the head coach's time to show how good he is. The player's time to show how good they are, especially the NFL with a whole different season. You might somehow some way play a team that doesn't get as many practices in previous seasons because of COVID or team facility shutdowns. I love it. Burrow's getting you points either way. He's had a great rookie season. Uh, if the Bengals won a few more games, it'd be interesting to see where we put him. Keeper leagues, dynasty leagues, you'll love him. Why not? Look, you might not want to play him against Pittsburgh. You might not want to play him against one of these AFC North teams, but – Boy, he's putting up numbers for you. I always talk about bonus leagues. You get a three, 400-yard bonus league. He'll get you that bonus once in a while. I love it. I'd say eight. I'm going to just go with a six and a half here, and the only reason is exactly what God says. In um, normal fantasy relevance, three out of their seven remaining matchups, I do not want any. Give me a six and a half with an option to find uh, one of those other quarterbacks uh, based on matchup for those other three weeks. You cut out a little bit with my wonderful Wi-Fi connection here. Um, I'm not going to mention Spectrum's name, but uh, they're horrible. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I agree with the point. I mean, they do have Pittsburgh this week. That's not a matchup you feel great about. Um, luckily, their, their last matchup against Baltimore is week 17. If you play in a normal league, you'll not have to worry about that. Uh, I do. There are some juicy ones, though. you got Washington – in two weeks, followed by the Giants. Uh, Miami, that's a, that's a middle-of-the-road game for a defense. Then you have the Dallas Cowboys in week 14. Uh, and the Houston Texans in week 16. If, you're, if you make it to your championship, uh, that's another great matchup. Where you feel like, you know, Joe Burrow started off great, had a little bit of a lull in the middle part of the early part of the season. But the last two weeks, 
before his bye, you got to feel good with his 33 points against the Browns, 19 points against the Titans. That offense is getting better. You like the weapons. So, yeah, I'm going to go I'm gonna go a seven and a half. I'm going to go right in the middle of you guys with a seven and a half for Joe Burrow. Well, my internet is back. Thank you so much, Spectrum, for just doing what you should always be doing. And welcome back to Baby Gaz. <laughs> is he still there? No. No, he's in the other room. Oh, I thought he was him. Yeah. There he is. There's baby Rex. Hi. All right. Nope. Outside. Oh, <laughs> look what I did. Okay. Uh, one final quarterback ranking, rating, confidence. How do you feel about another rookie? Tua Tungavailoa. Tua, first start against the Rams. It was kind of what we expected. He didn't have to do a lot because his defense played so well. We got the matchup, Tua versus Kyler, and Tua looked awesome. He looked great. 21.4 points against a pretty respectable defense. What do we think? Do we think there's a chance that Tua Tungavailoa in a normal, let's say, 12-team league with one quarterback, is he a guy that can crack that top 12 at some point this season? Give me a 1 to 10. Honestly, of all the quarterbacks we've had, I'd probably say I'm the least confident in him giving you consistent points. I'd probably go 1.5. Is Miami going to win games with Tua winning them games? That's what I'm most curious about because Tua is pretty safe on offense. Game one was a pretty safe game plan. Miami's defense is pretty good. Miami's coaching is really good. Their offense is trying to figure it out. I don't know if Miami wants Tua to throw for 300 yards and four touchdowns. I think that's their strength. It doesn't seem like that. Also, I don't know if you guys have noticed this. Doesn't Tua kind of look small out there still? Like, he kind of looks tiny. Maybe he's six foot tall. Maybe he's 200 pounds. He doesn't look big. I'm getting nervous about Tua out there. I thought he did have a huge game two weeks ago. Like you mentioned, Chetty had the big game last week. I'm like 1.5. If Tua's going to bring you a fantasy football title, I don't know what happened to your roster. God bless you. <laughs> yeah, I'm at about a three. And the only reason I'm that high is just because he does like he does show some flashes and just the legs. The, the You saw his um, the elusiveness uh, against Arizona. Able to break out of some tackles. He can get you 40, 50 yards on the ground just scrambling out of the pocket. Um but to God's point, I don't think he's going to be the one that's going to be throwing for 300 yards. I think you're going to need to make out, make up with some of those matchups there. But give me about a three there. It's not like I wouldn't start him. I would definitely take him over some quarterbacks out there, though. Do we think he's – should he be rostered in majority of leagues? I don't think so. No. I don't think he's up there. Okay. The one thing you guys mentioned, like they, they might not need him to throw for 300, is a fair point. But on the flip side, they don't have a running game. Miles Gaskins hurt. Uh, Matt Breida missed this past week. So they were left with the ghost of Jordan Howard. Like, what else is the offense going to do? Like, I think- it's not one of those teams. It's not like you're looking at, like, the Titans where it's like a run first team. You know Derrick Henry's going to get 25 touchdowns. Like, they're going to need Tua to throw 30 times because they don't really have another option. I think I think what, what I've seen from the Dolphins, though, is just more of their defense is just – it, it's good, and they're able to get short fields, and and that's where they score their points. They score their points off off turnovers. They get them off the. Um, I think they've had back to back weeks with a touchdown um, on defense. But I mean, I think if they get into a game where they need to, where they fall behind, 
the Dolphins are going to be in trouble. I agree. Let me go through the schedule a little bit here for Tua, and we'll wrap up this quarterback uh, session. So Chargers this week, man, you're probably you're you're gonna wait again. Again, you're not seeing uh, a 21 point performance, and you're like, gotta start Tua. You're gonna wait a little bit at Denver. Always tough to play at Mile High, but then he's gonna have a few starts under his belt. He gets the Jets in Week 12, the Bengals mm-hmm. in Week 13, the Chiefs in Week 14, and then the Patriots. Which Joe Flacco looked elite last night. That's a stretch where you might be you might be looking at it and say, you know, if I, if I see a little bit more consistency, right? We're gonna need to see it for a few weeks. That's not a bad stretch. I know it's an important stretch. Like, are you gonna start him in a playoff game? I doubt it, because if you made it to the playoffs, you probably have a better quarterback. But, dude, it, I'm telling you, it's it's worth a roster. If you don't have a backup quarterback, if you have an upcoming bye week and you need to roster someone, I'm sure he's probably out there in your league. It's worth a shot. It's worth a shot. We saw uh, definitely a, a big stride from start one to start two. We'll see what Tua can do uh, down the stretch. All right, Kyle, slim pickings this week on the waiver wire. Uh, is there anybody that you think we should be taking a look at out there? There's a couple of them. I'm going to start with the one that might not be available and then work my way back down. Um, Curtis Samuel, I think, is a great addition on there. I didn't realize that – luckily, he was rostered in every one of my leagues I'm in. But out there, he's only 53% rostered in ESPN formats. Um, he has had three straight with 14-plus, four touchdowns in three games – the only thing that concerns me with Samuels and that whole offense, I guess I should say, it's almost like a flavor of the month for wide receivers. Three weeks, it's Anderson. Three, two weeks, it's more. This, these three weeks, it's Samuels. So that's the only thing. I definitely think Samuels worth a roster spot in, in um, all these leagues. But uh, if you can grab Curtis Samuel, um, I think it's definitely worth a pickup for sure. He's one of those guys, like, you can tell they want to get him the ball. And, like, I hate comparing him to Tyreek Hill. But, like, similar kind of usage where, like, they want to get him on the sweeps, you know? Yep. Like, they try to find creative ways because he is so good with the ball in his hands that, yeah, I, I, I do like him. My confidence week to week, like you said, like, he could put up a, a complete dud for you. But then again, he's finding a little bit more consistency. You might, you might be happy if you, if you have Curtis Samuel. You never, you never want to be happy for injuries. <laughs> But if CMC does miss more time with the shoulder yep. injury, that just immediately increases uh, the value of a guy like Curtis Samuel. Yep. Um, my second one, um, and thank you, Chet, for the assist on this one because I was not doing well at the running back spot, but J.D. McKissick, uh, he's owned in about 50% of leagues. Um, obviously, he's not handling the rushing attempts, uh, but 14 targets when uh, Alex Smith came back in. Um, how I looked at that, he's a, he is the new James White because obviously James White is not having the year he he was having. Um, but you also have to look at the matchup that he's that he's got uh, over the next three: Lions, Bengals, Cowboys. Very running back friendly, very PPR friendly. Uh, JD McKissick, if he's out there, go grab him, stash him on your bench, especially with these slim pickings that there are from the running back spot. Yeah, apparently Alex Smith loves loves dumping it off to the running back. As someone who was playing against JD McKissick. Really loved watching all those targets. Just really thoroughly enjoyed that BS that I had to watch on Sunday. That was one of those, like, dude, I looked at it, I'm like, oh, God, this guy's got Le'Veon Bell and J.D. McKissick. This is going to be an easy win. 
Yeah, no, didn't really work out that way for me. Uh, I'm going to throw one more running back, Kyle, because I just, I just popped in my head. What about Kalen Balaj? Uh, Justin so, Jackson gets injured. Eckler is still out. The Chargers, it's Joshua Kelly and maybe Kalen Balaj, who got an unbelievable usage late in that game, like game on the line. And here's Kalen Balaj converting first downs. He had 15 carries, a nice 69 yards, and a rushing touchdown. Uh, receiving two for 15. Dude, I mean, he was – was he with the Dolphins before? He was. That's, yeah. that's right, yeah. Out of Arizona State, I believe. I think if you're good at grab – You kind of hoped he was going to become something in Miami. Never really did. He's a big back, big bruiser. What do you think? If you need some help at running back, is, is Kalen Balaj a guy you can have on a, a one-week flyer? Don't waste your waiver wire on Balaj. Don't waste, don't waste your pick is what I would say with that. That is literally a throw the dice in the air for a week or two because Eckler comes back, I think, in two or three weeks. Sure. Um, I wouldn't waste my pick on Balaj um, in that situation. He might be one of those, like, set your alarm for 5 a.m., check your phone. If <laughs> yeah. no one grabbed him, be like, all right, I'll roster Kalen Balaj. Yep. The Bellagio. Is that his nickname? Because it should be. <laughs> you said roll um, the dice? Let's go to the Bellagio with Kalen Balaj? Come on. Give me something here. All right. And the last <laughs> one. <laughs> Moving on. I'm not touching that. All right. The last one I've got, and this is a little bit of a higher flyer uh, pick out here. He's only owned in 3% three of leagues. Um, you like it? Can, you tell, can you tell us the position? Wide receiver. Wide receiver, 3%. AFC or NFC? NFC has had some, had, had some decent games. He is the third option on a team. Oh, 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 oh. Why can't I think of his name? Is he white? No. Oh, did you know the answer? <laughs> this is like when he used to play the 20 questions for a person. Is he white? Maybe. No. <laughs> I was going to go with, what's the third guy for the Cardinals? Isabella. Isabella. It's not Isabella? No, it is not. Third guy. Three I, I would have even more. Yes, David Moore. Ah, yep. Oh, wow. David, David Moore is out there. He's put up some nice games this year. Uh, like I said, he is the third option. You have the monster in DK. You've got Tyler. I can pop out a 40-point game whenever I want Lockett. Um, but David Moore's got back-to-back -back touchdowns. Um, he's a very solid third option. And the big thing, and we saw it this week, is that team is not going to allow Russell Wilson or the, that team can't run the ball because they're always going to be behind. They're going to have to throw it. Um, I think he's a very good deep sleeper. Uh, if you really need somebody for that double bye week where you have two wide receivers on bye, um, might not be a bad idea to go after uh, David Moore, and you more than likely aren't going to have to waste a waiver pick to grab him. You're going to be able to get up at 7 a.m. Before, uh, before you go to work, look on your phone and go, boom, I got David Moore on my team now. Then you're going to be like, wait, Chet was awake at 5 a.m. grabbing Kalen Balaj <laughs> and David Moore? Yeah, you better believe it. I think, I think uh, Gaz is now on father duty. Oh, there he is. Baby Rex is back. Then we lost video. Maybe, maybe Gaz is breastfeeding. I don't know. All right, is there anybody else, Kyle, that we should be keeping an eye out for? Um, not that I could find right now. Yeah. Um, it's slip no, pickings. It's, it's a good thing because that means this week we did not experience a ton of injuries. Yes. Good. Because that's kind of where – and that's what the waiver wire tends to be this time of year, right, is – The injury wire. guy handcuffed and someone goes down, you're 
you're grabbing them. And so it's a good thing that we don't have a ton of waiver options. Hopefully you have uh, your, your bench is stacked for these upcoming bye weeks and you can just survive it that way. Yep. All right. Is God, I see God's oh, now he's unmuted. He's back. I got four. Oh, yeah. I got four for our Mirage segments this week, two league formatting questions. And two additions and one legacy question. One addition and one legacy question. So let's start with this one. I saved this for probably too long. We should have done this one two weeks ago. But Real Mirage, leagues should have a contingency plan for an extra regular season week in their fantasy football leagues. Last week, almost half the league was dealing with COVID issues. There's rumors out there that there might be an additional 18th week. Realer Mirage Fantasy Football League should have a backup plan ready to go. Ooh, Kyle, you go first. I so part of me wants to say yes, but I don't know what you do because you're not going to really be able to do anything on that from that end. I mean, if you're the commission, you look at okay, the champion then goes to out of the two teams in that last week. Does it go to the people who person who scored the most points? I, I don't know. I think I think this is a really tough one where if if we end up getting that. Um, you might just have to scrap the league as painful as it is. Are there, is the rumor that they might, um, like just have a, a, put the pause button for a week or it would just be teams that have to wait. How would that work? It would basically be, let's say for instance, we'll use the Titans. The Titans ended the regular season with 15 games and there's a playoff implication on the line. Okay. We need week 18 to figure out who's winning the AFC South or who's going to the playoffs, something like Only that. the teams that were short of 16 would play in week 18. Correct. And it looked like that would be more of a potential last week when half the league were dealing with COVID issues. Yeah. I'm going to lean towards Mirage because if the league didn't postpone or pause last week, I don't think they're going to. Like, it's amazing how things have changed from when we got to our first positive test, which I think was week four. It was week three or four where we had our one. We were like, it's over. Yep. It was coming. It's over. And now, like guys threw out the stat. So many guys last week, almost every 40% of teams, you said, had a positive. Yeah. And now, I, even last week, I was like, yeah, they're going to power through. Because that's the, what they've shown us, is that they're not willing to cancel games. And somehow they feel confident, even with guys testing positive on Fridays and Saturdays. Meh, you know, if everybody comes back negative on Sunday, let's, let's go with it. So I think, no. Because that week 18, if they do have it, is going to be so weird, and it might only be a few teams playing. It's not going to be a fantasy-relevant week. So I think you stick with what you have. The championship will be in week 16. Maybe you're going to have an issue with COVID, but that's every week. So that's just how 2020 is going to work. So I think you, you stick with what you have, championship in week 16, and just go with it that way. Totally agree with you guys. Mirage. Here's If you're in a 14-team league, I was talking about with you guys, 14-team leagues, like – Okay, if you're in a 14-team league, that means for one week, one through week 13, you played everybody once in the league, which is really cool about those formats. So week 14, all of a sudden, you're going to randomly pick who your opponent is, and how would that be determined? And why would – just too much of a mess. If week 17 and week 18 are not a part of your fantasy football season, fine. You're good. You still got the base of the format you wanted. And if someone gets bumped because of COVID, that's kind of what we've dealt with throughout the season. It was just bad timing at the end if that happens for your team. Here's the next one. Real or Mirage, fantasy football managers should factor in betting lines over and unders when setting their lineups. And you guys can answer personally. Do you guys do that when you set your fantasy football lineups? I have never thought about it like that. I'm going to go Mirage, though. Um, 
just because it's an interesting point, but you have to put out the best players out there. Like, for example, we all kind of, I think, expected the Bills running backs to have no relevance in this game. Um, you should have started them. Uh, but, hmm. Wait, so explain, explain it a little bit more for me, guys. Okay, so here's, here's a perfect example. I'll go with real, and I'll tell you guys why. So two weeks ago, the Cleveland Browns are playing the Las Vegas Raiders. And going into our show on Friday with LeVac and I, I thought Baker Mayfield was going to have a monster game. The Raiders' defense is questionable. It was going to be the first game without Odell Beckham Jr. and may have wanted to prove himself that he can play without Odell. A lot of things were working in the favor of the Browns coming in that matchup with the Raiders. All of a sudden, the weather hits, and those kicks are flying to the left. It's 30-mile-per-hour wind gusts. And the Vegas line was 48 and a half. And by the game kickoff, I believe on Sunday, it was down to 41 and a half. Whoa, like all this money. It said it was going to be a high-scoring game, and it went, whoo, I was going to start Baker. All of a sudden, I looked at what these lines were saying and the weather was saying, and I dove out of the way of Baker. And luckily, I did because there was no points on the board, basically, for both teams. So that's kind of what I'm looking at. Do you ever look at an over-under score and say, whoa, this says 60 points, this says 30 points, maybe I should readjust my lineup to that? I think, yeah, that's a cool addition. I think some people already do that. Obviously, you do it, Gaz. You keep track of that. I think one of the most important things that people don't always pay attention to is those weather reports. Like, that is something I do at 1245, 15 minutes before kickoff. I pull up, and I'm like, all right, what of my, which of my receivers might be playing in a monsoon today, and I have to bench them? So, yeah, I think the lines could be a nice little addition where you could see, okay, you know, like this Bill Seahawks game is going to be a shootout. Let me start, you know, maybe David Moore, right, Kyle? Like, if you're looking at it, I'm like, okay, Seahawks are going to score five touchdowns today. What are the chances David Moore gets me a touchdown? So, yeah, I think it's a cool addition. I mean, there's already a lot of numbers on these. Like, we, I think we do majority of ours on ESPN formats, and there's a lot of things you can toggle through tabs and see, you know, statistical versus defense and projections and all those other. Why not add one more where you can look at it and say, hey, this is going to be the highest scoring game of the week. Let me roll with my guys with some confidence, or vice versa, if you see a big drop-off, like Goss said. So, yeah, I'll say real. It's cool. Next one here. Real or Mirage? I'm going to combine these two. Is it already, after one week, early enough to give up on Des Bryant and Antonio Brown? Ooh. Mirage. Mirage. Real and Mirage. Yes. <laughs> do, not, do not go add Des Bryant. Like, if Des Bryant was picked up by the Chiefs, Hold on. But he joined an offense that is already struggling to pass the ball. Like, Hollywood Brown is a tough player right now in fantasy. You probably don't have any confidence playing him. And he's in the early stages of his career, and we've already seen that he's a dangerous weapon. Des Bryant, if I'm not mistaken, did not get a single target in his first game back. So this is a guy who's way older in his career compared to Antonio Brown. Um, AB did get some usage right away. He was on the field. I don't have the percentage in front of me, but it seemed like a high percentage of the snaps against the Saints. We saw Antonio Brown out there. Weird seeing number 81, but it, I guess it works. Uh, I think I, I, I have more confidence that AB can carve out a role in the Buccaneers offense than I don't even know if Des Bryant has a role on that team. Same exact thing as Chet. Real in Mirage. Mirage. Ignore Des Bryant. Just, just – delete him off the fantasy <laughs> rosters there. Um, but I think you can, you can make a case for Antonio um, just with how much that team's going to be throwing the ball. 
there's always going to be a wide receiver out there. I think Godwin, Evans, and Antonio are all in difficult situations where at best right now they're all flex players. They're not going to be a starting wide receiver. But that's where I would probably land those three right now. But, yeah, I think you hold on to Antonio Brown for sure. This, this, might, be, this might be pretty obvious. Are you guys ranking your receivers right now in Tampa? Evans, Godwin, Brown? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Some, for some reason I am. I think, yeah, I think that's pretty obvious. If Godwin was healthy, I might flip it. But, I mean, somehow that guy is catching the ball with eight fingers, JPP and out there. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think I still like Evans the most, Godwin and Brown. And I think we, this is the advice we gave last week, if I'm not mistaken, is just keep waiting on Brown. Be a week late. I want to see his first touchdown. I want to see his first eight reception game before he burns me in fantasy football. Like, just wait. Hold on. Stash him. If you have a bye week, you have to play him. Tyreek's on a bye, and you're like, I don't really have another option. Go for it. But if you have the luxury of having guys ahead of him, just continue to wait and see how he develops with uh, Tom Brady. The reason I brought these two together is one, is after the performance of both of them this past week, Des Bryant and Antonio Brown, I feel like 14, 15, and 16, those playoff weeks, these two are both huge gambles, and this could easily happen, that you start Antonio Brown in your playoff lineup. You put him in the flex. You're like, you know what? He's got a good matchup. Let's go. And he just puts up a and it costs you a playoff win. And vice versa, you may just sit on Des Bryant. Like you mentioned Hollywood Brown. He's not really doing much. You might just sit on Des Bryant, want to keep him for a few weeks, and be like, you know what? One game he's going to go off. And you might lose a fantasy football game because you look at your bench and Des Bryant had a touchdown and 60 yards and four catches. And you're like, Oh, if I just started Dez. Oh, if I just said – I feel like these two in particular right now are aiming to be the you-cost-me-my-fantasy-football-championship guys. I don't know what type of list that is and where it ranks, but these two are starting to jump to one and two on. I will swear at these two for nine months until I get to redraft my team in August. So, actually, uh, interesting note from this discussion. I am starting Antonio Brown this week. Okay. A three-wide receiver plus a flex league, okay? And like I was mentioning, if you have bye weeks, so this week I have a, quite a bit of stock in the Falcons. So I have no Julio. I have no Todd Gurley. I have to fill my flex with somebody, and that somebody is likely going to be Antonio Brown. The best option on the waiver for the wide receiver position is Richie James, who was great on Thursday. I think he was rostered literally in 0.0% of leagues. Had a great week because he was literally the only healthy body that was not on the COVID reserve list. But I'm looking at it and saying Antonio might be my best option. So we'll see if it, if it pays off this week. They're not, they do not have a great matchup against the Panthers, which have, they have a pretty good defense. But maybe Tom Brady bounces back and Antonio Brown gets it going in his second, second week with the team. Is it too outdated of a reference to say, I'm Richard James, but- <laughs> is that too outdated? Okay, I must push my dump button, which was going to be <laughs> gauze from this, uh, this. I hope we're not old. I hope we're not too old that no one knows what that means anymore. Oh I, hope not. Well, I, know, I know Jeff Fazio is out here listening to this podcast, and he will absolutely understand that reference. And if I'm, I bet you he actually said it with you. Yes, he's going to scream it. Last one here. Uh, I'm going to do one of my favorite things on the internet, and people ask, "Is Texas back?" Instead, I'll ask this. Is Jimmy Graham back? Real or Mirage? Graham right now, I'll give you the stats on him. Top five in tight end scoring in a half-point PPR leagues. Only one point behind George Kittle, 
Graham's going to catch him. Real Mirage, Jimmy Graham back is a viable tight end option. Real. Because of the position. Like, as someone who has now been kind of having to stream tight ends on a week to basis, a weekly basis, a guy that gets red zone targets, go for it, man. Like, obviously, Foles likes him. The Bears like him in the red zone, even though I would love to see the success rate on his red zone targets because it always looks like an awkward giraffe trying to catch a football in the end zone. But, yeah, I mean, the guy has five receiving touchdowns. Every week he's going to have a chance in the red zone. If the Bears can move the ball, sure. Give me, give me, a, give me Jimmy Graham. He's a, he's a lower end, tight end one. Like Even though you said he's what, tight end five, tight end six. He's more like on a weekly ranking. I'd probably put him at 10. And then, yeah, that's a startable guy in fantasy. Yeah, that's exactly – that's a good point. I guess I – surprisingly, it's real. I have not paid attention at all to Jimmy G. Uh, or Jimmy Graham, not Jimmy G. But um, okay, okay, Jimmy G. if uh, if you don't have like a Hawkinson or a fan or a John New Smith, one of those lower, higher-end tight ends, sure, why not? He's getting Renzo targets. He's got, like you said, a couple touchdowns. He's put up a couple double-digit games. Sure, why not? That's literally a, hey, you're going to get me 10 or you ain't getting me nothing kind of player. It's amazing because, Chet, you said six receiving touchdowns. I think his points are about 74. So that means about close to 40% of his catches are his points. Which and, is that, and, that's, and that's tight ends, you know? Like, yeah. you just need those guys to find the end zone. As someone who just, uh, you know, let out a little bit of frustration, uh, I have had – I picked up good old Robert Tunyon uh, right before his three-touchdown game. It was one of those – we mentioned earlier in the podcast – or earlier on, on this uh, on the show that you know with COVID-19 you have to have protocols in place where you might have to have subs at positions based on COVID scares so he was a COVID scare pickup where I was worried about one of my games being postponed and the Packers run Monday night and he was literally the only tight end I could get he happens to score three touchdowns I was like wow glad he's on my team I kept him on in my bench for the next five to six weeks and he's, he's an up and down. You know, he has some good games, some bad games. I finally have confidence to start him. He gets me one catch for five yards. First start <laughs> I had. And I, who'd I play him over? Evan Ingram, who finally had a good week with a touchdown for the Giants. That's, that sums up my fantasy, my fantasy decisions. This goes back to August of 2020, and I'm sure when we do this again in August 2021, these dumb tight end takes that I keep bringing back to you guys because we could do this argument of, is the tight end the least or the most valuable and most important position in fantasy football? Because if you don't get it right, like Chet just said, you're putting up donuts in a starter spot. If you do get it right, that can be the difference of a win and a loss every week. But you look at points scored, defenses and kickers have caught up to or are better than tight ends in weekly lineups. Now, is that the real Mirage question? No, just a statement for me that's going to drive me nuts for months. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot that goes into that one. I never go into a fantasy draft saying, I'm going to take Kelsey in the second. I'm just like, that's too high for a tight end. There's no way. Dude, and every year I I go, why did I think that? Because (laughs) as someone who just got his butt whooped, I almost said a real bad word, got his butt whooped by Travis Kelsey this weekend. What do you have, 10 for 160 or whatever? Yeah. The drop off from Kelsey to tight end five, to Jimmy Graham, is ridiculous. Like, that is – maybe we have to rethink. And I know because Kelsey does usually get picked in the second or third round. So some people do have it figured out. It is so valuable. If you get – if you get – it's Kelsey, 
It's Kittle. And I, forget, and I guess Mark Andrews. But even Mark Andrews in that passing attack this year has not been what he was last year. I mean, Kelsey's in a league of his own because he's consistent, he's healthy, and he is just in the best passing offense in football. So it's amazing what those guys can do compared to the next options in a lot of leagues. So is that it for Real Mirage? That's it. All right, this is it. This is our final segment on What the Fantasy. Again, give us a follow at What the Underscore Fantasy. We've been doing this for a few weeks now. Great. The name game. Guys that have ridiculous names in real life compared to what their nicknames are or their, you know, initials. Um, Kyle is somehow 2-0. and up. Kyle is doing great. Gaz, not so much. Um, for a recap, Quintoris Jones, a.k.a. Julio Jones. Do you guys even remember what T.Y.'s real name is? I already forget. Emmanuel. Emmanuel? That sounds no, it's Eugene. Eugene, Eugene. Yeah, let's go through a little – yeah, T.Y. Hilton – Maybe it's not Eugene. Maybe I guess Eugene. Eugene Marquise Hilton. Yep. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so this week, Kyle, I'm putting some pressure on you, man. I know you're, you're, you're perfect so far in this, and this is probably Fine. your new favorite player. What is the real name for DK Metcalf? Oh. Oh. Uh, spoiler alert, his name is not DK. So, is it op- – no one knows it off the top of their head, right? I no. do. I do. Okay. You do? I do because um, have you been cheating? My, have you been doing research? No, no, no. One of my buddies who has him, he goes by the nickname Dak. His name is Dixon, so he goes by Dak. So I kept calling him Dak K Medcalf because he was his keeper player. Oh. And I'm like, what is DK Medcalf's real? So I have to fully admit, I did look this up. Okay. I will let Kyle guess though. All right, Kyle, this is going to be all up to you. No pressure. DK Medcalf is his real name A. Drake Hendrick Metcalf. Is it B, Demarcus Algiers Metcalf? Is it C, Quinn Darius Metcalf? Or is it D, DeKalen Zacharias Metcalf? What was A? Dre Kendrick Metcalf. A? Would you like me to go through it again? No, A. A is incorrect. Dang. I stopped it, baby. Let's go. What's it, is it is D. It is D. It is D. Decalin Zacharias. Oh, DK Decalin. Damn it. I should have put that together. Oh, yeah, baby. So Decalin Zacharias Metcalf. Is he the best receiver in football? Yes. What? Second round pick for a cone drill. Knock it off, NFL GMs. Cut it out. <laughs> All right, that is it for this edition of What the Fantasy. Hopefully your teams are getting poised for the playoffs, and hopefully we can help you win that championship. We'll see you again next week. Guys, it's a, it's a, you can't see you. They can't see you wave. Bye. There you go. <laughs>